0: Talk That Matters. Brought to you by The Salvation Army. After the largest quake in Japan's recorded history, regarded by experts as 160 times greater than the one that brought Christchurch to its knees recently, and the 10-metre tsunami that wiped out Sendai in Japan's North Island, we thought we'd do a profile of Japan. Few of us probably realize that Japan has a total of 6,852 islands or thereabouts. The Japanese archipelago. About 70 to 80% is forested or mountainous, so most of the habitable area is mainly on the coastlines, and they're densely populated to say the least. In fact, Japan is one of the most densely populated countries in the world. They're the world's fourth largest exporter and fifth largest importer. It has the lowest homicide rate and the highest life expectancy, and the third lowest infant mortality rate of any country. Japan officially renounced its right to declare war but maintains an extensive modern military force in self-defense and peacekeeping roles. A world leader in scientific research, Japan has produced 15 Nobel laureates in either physics, chemistry or medicine. It's a constitutional monarchy where the emperor's power is pretty limited. There's 108 active volcanoes spread across Japan, but since 1923's devastating earthquake, the people have been waiting for the return of the big one, which hit in March. So now the rebuilding happens. But what is it like to live in Japan under normal circumstances? Major Alan Fleming from the Salvos lived there for three years, and remembers.
1: Uh, we, we lived in the middle of Tokyo uh, at a place called Suganami-ku, which was about um, 11 kilometres out of the centre of uh, Tokyo. They say there's 15 million people in Tokyo, but uh, if you include Yokohama and Kawasaki, uh, which are both uh, cities that are adjoining Tokyo, you're looking at around 30 million people from what I understand.
0: Wow, so three years in Tokyo would have been uh, mind-blowing after uh, growing up in Toowoomba.
1: Yeah, it was, but of course I've had a, a, lot, a lot of years in between in Sydney and I could honestly say that the house in Tokyo we, we were in uh, was probably the quietest place we've ever lived in uh, up, up to that stage. Really? It's quite weird, yeah. Much quieter to live where we were in Japan. <laughs>
0: That's ironic, isn't it? It is. Mm. Can you paint a picture of just everyday life in uh, in Tokyo?
1: Japan's a very regimented place. Um, uh, some people may not like that regimentation, but at least it's fairly reliable. Um, living in Tokyo, we never felt scared. I don't think or frightened at any time that I can recall. Um, whereas in Papua New Guinea, where we are now, uh, obviously we don't very much venture out. Apart from uh, driving driving in the car, we would not normally walk outside of the uh, compound. Really, but, uh, but Tokyo, we, we found it found, found it very um, uh, people are very affable, very friendly, nice people. Uh, uh, of course, they are reserved, and uh, well, you can get to a point with them, but no further. Unless it's uh, an exceptional person, but we rather enjoyed living there. Um, was
0: the public transport service quite uh, luxurious in so much as the frequency and where it would take you?
1: I, I would I would never say it was luxurious, but I would say that uh, it was nearly always on time. Um, and there's a bit of a joke, of course, um, of a guy coming, comic strip of a guy rushing down to try and catch the train, as though it was he'd it, it, have to wait a long time for the next one. But in actual fact. Uh, they, they arrive within say, two or three minutes of each other. So basically, you don't have to wait all that long on any Tokyo station. And the Shinkansen, the bullet train, is a, is a pleasure to ride on. You can have a cup of coffee on that train sitting uh, in front of you, it won't, it won't even strike a ripple really? on the top. <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful train.
0: Was the climate really enjoyable or were there like humid summers that just
1: blew you away? Well, it's quite contrasting actually, it depends where you are, but in Tokyo, for example, uh, it it was as hot as Papua New Guinea um, for two months of the year, very, very humid as well, uh, day and night, but then you come into a cooler climate, cooler seasons such as spring and autumn, and then into winter, which goes down to zero and perhaps below zero at times, Uh, so there's huge extremes. I must say, even though I, I, I grew up in Australia and always thought that summer was my favourite season, I must say that if I had a preference over in uh, Tokyo, it would have been the winter rather than the summer.
0: Is it still very much the husband is the the head uh, in such a strict and strong way, and the the woman is so submissive to uh, the husband in that way?
1: Well, you know, on the outside, that would be the that would be the understanding. But on the inside, I think it's quite different. In behind the doors of their homes, I think the wives wield the stick, if you know what I mean. <laughs> they're, they're the ones who are, are quite dominant. And sadly, um, sadly, Japanese men are, have been over the years, although this is changing, uh, largely absent from the home, uh, have very little to do with their children and their wives consequently um, if if, uh, if a man goes broke if he's in a business and goes broke very often his wife kicks him out lose his job she'll kick him out wow. and the reason for that is that is the fact that the man uh, uh, in past years would spend six to seven days a week at work and it was a seven day a week work six day a week work and the seventh day was very often with uh, the boss and the other employees somewhere else anyway even if it was out in the golf course so that uh, they leave early to work they come home extremely late they're hardly around. So, Japan, J- Japan was called the fatherless society. 10,000 10, photos came in in the competition uh, from children. Children could uh, take a photo and send the send photo in. And uh, out of ten thousand photos, so we read in the paper, not one came in with a father in the photo. Wow. So fathers were largely absent, although I think the next generation is trying to change that. And in fact, now children don't go to school six days a week, it's now five, which means that children now may actually see their fathers as well.
0: The current figures are that there are 11,000 Australians living in Japan at the moment, so uh, would they be used to seeing a white-faced, blonde-headed foreigner walking past? I guess they would, right?
1: Uh, I would say they are used to it, but... Um, At the same time, they still take a a second look, I suppose.
0: Yeah, it's always an interest, isn't it?
1: Yes. Well, Japan was pretty much much a homogenised society, and they were very proud of their uniqueness and have always been that way. Um, And and I think take kindly to strangers to, to an extent. But uh, when it comes to um, getting closer to them, it's not always easy. Although we did have one couple we were particularly close to and they've become personal friends as a result of their kindness toward us. Mm.
0: Why is that, do you think?
1: Japan was actually cut off from the rest of the world for about 200 years. Uh, And and therefore, as a result of that, they really didn't have anything to do with foreigners. And in fact, if the Japanese left Japan and went to another country back in those eras, that was perhaps in the 1700s and 1800s, and came back to Japan, he was basically beheaded or killed as soon as he got back because they were prevented from, uh, from going else, going, uh, going anywhere else. So they cut off from the world. And I think that's probably led to, even now, um, perhaps uh, a little bit of a suspicion towards foreigners. Um, if anything happens in the country, then a foreigner, they say, would have done it, you know. They're breaking the law, I mean. Mm.
0: Quite often it's the locals who have never done sightseeing of their own country. Would you find that's the same with locals in in, um, Japan?
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. In fact, we we, we, we took the opportunity a few times to get out of Tokyo. We bought a car um, in our third year and uh, we'd try and get out to some beautiful places. It's a really beautiful place in many areas. Uh, But many of the people we spoke to, uh, people we worked with, had never been to some of the places we'd been to. And we're just astounded that we'd even been there.
0: Can you name a few of those?
1: Uh, Chuzenji um, Ko is Lake. So Chuzenji is a beautiful lake up in the mountains near Nikko. Uh, many people might have been to Nikko, but they wouldn't have been to Chuzenji And And uh, I really love waterfalls, so um, it was a, a joy to be up there and see that uh, beautiful lake. And then, of course, uh, well, I mind you, they do. Many people do climb Fuji, uh, Mount Fuji. It's a very, very. Uh, it's got a religious connotations to it. The mountain.
0: In the media they were saying uh, one Australian guy who was living there was saying that it's quite normal for them to have an earthquake in Japan and it's like, oh yeah, how long will this one last? And then when the one in Sendai hit it was kind of like, oh, this is going on a bit long.
1: Oh, yes. Well, we, well the first time we experienced a, an earthquake uh, at all in the whole of our lives was um, lying in bed one night and suddenly I was woken up by things shaking and I wondered what was happening. I thought my wife and I just rolled over in bed and shaking the bed, but no. Everything was rattling and uh, I woke her up and said, can you hear that? That's uh, obviously an earthquake. And it was quite, it was quite scary. And then uh, we went through quite a few of those in different places. Um, and uh, in the office, particularly when there's seven stories above you, you sort of worry about what's going to happen. And uh, if, if we get an earthquake, that the building crumbles. The, the worst one was when uh, we were in, a, in a particularly, particularly an executive officer's conference and we were there uh, sitting with a, perhaps another 15 people and suddenly it, it not only shook but it rose as well. And uh, that was one that I saw the whites of the eyes of the Japanese because mostly they just continue working through these things. They're so used to them.
0: How frequent would they be just uh, generally?
1: Well, I can't remember them being uh, any more than once every couple of months. To be perfectly honest. Because they, 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 they were always waiting for the big one when we were there. The big one had not arrived. Uh, and I'm so glad we're not in the country for that reason uh, now, because the big one has arrived uh, mm. with tragic consequences. And yet, of course, they have, they have uh, a, a lot of uh, precautionary stuff uh, built for that kind of thing. They've got massive walls in places against the sea. But uh, the 10-metre high waves obviously was much greater than they anticipated in that area. It's interesting that the Japanese um, uh, consider themselves in a sense like the cherry blossom, the sakura. The cherry blossom comes and it's beautiful and then it fades quickly within a few days uh, or or, or weeks at the most. And uh, life I think for Japanese perhaps over the centuries have been like that because of the occasional typhoon or or eruption or uh, earthquake or tsunami. And so life uh, was very much considered like the cherry blossom.
0: And I wonder if their faith doesn't give them that much hope either. Uh,
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I guess the biggest um, uh, religion the the Japanese would have would be materialism and secularism. Um, But at the basis of every Japanese, there is a a strong Buddhist, um, Shintoist connection. And the Japanese, I think, generally have a very empty life um, surrounding work. And um, a little bit of pleasure if they can get some. Wow! But uh, I think um, there's a huge emptiness, of vacuum there in that uh, country. And one just one would just hope that through this uh, they find out that God is a loving God, even though it may not appear that way, and that Christ um, has the answer.
0: The salvos in Japan have emergency service relief teams operating there. One of the teams is assisting people evacuated from near the damaged nuclear power generation stations. When the earthquake happened in Sendai, 400 kilometers away from Tokyo, public transport in Tokyo stopped, leaving many commuters unable to leave work. So the Salvos opened their hall on the ground floor of territorial headquarters for those who couldn't go home, serving them with hot drinks and packed meals. There's a lot to do still. You can donate to the Salvos' work in Sendai by calling 13 Salvos, and thank you.